Hi, I'm Charles. I'm Christine. And, and we, we eat stuff. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Christine Guthrie here. I'm part of We Eat Stuff, which you may have heard of. You're listening to the podcast called We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. In this podcast, we're seeking out folks in St. Louis related to food, cooking, drinking, and eating. Our interview this week is with Chris Bork, owner and head chef at Vista Ramen. We had never really met Chris before or been able to sit down and chat with him, so it was nice to learn about his story. Chris is currently at Vista Ramen on Cherokee Street, and they also just announced just a few days ago that Vista will be providing all the food at the new Earthbound Beer opening just down the street from them. Exciting! Chris talks about his time in London and how that helped to shape his career and career views and what sort of goes on in the making and development of a restaurant. There's also a bit of time where Chris wanted to talk about a more serious topic, addiction. So we delve into that a little bit and how he wants to reach out to younger industry folks who might feel like they have a problem and want to get out of that way of life. Thank you for listening, and this is Chris Bork. Here, let's uh, open this. All right. You guys have had this at the restaurant before, right? Uh, not at the re- restaurant, I don't think. I mean, just soju in general, or just this, this one you're making? Um, with the, uh, with the lemon. How many I don't have? think so. Yeah. Mm. So this was, um, I learned this, um, the first time I had real Korean barbecue out in L.A., mm. and, uh, there's a Korean guy at this place called U Cook, mm. and his name is Romeo, a Korean guy named Romeo, <laughs> and, um, he taught me this trick, and, um, it's just, you take the cap, you just kind of cut the top oh, of the lemon wow. a little bit. And turn it at an angle. Get it off like that. Cool. And then you have chopsticks, and you just kind of <laughs> mash up the pulp. Wow. And um, it's just way better than I mean, regular soju is kind of not that great. So if you add a little <laughs> a little lemon to it, it kind of like transforms it. It's it's a little bit more better. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Pulp in there. Wow. Bam. That's news you can use. Yeah. Beautiful. Cool. All yeah. right. Thank you. I love learning new things. Yeah. Thank it's you. Fun. No, pleasure. Oh, it's a good party trick. Yes. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers Let's do this as our welcome. I'm not going to shoot this. <laughs> you don't have to. Okay. Mm. Uh, we'll consider that our opening then. So that's great. Nice. Hi, Chris. Hello. What's up? Not much. How are you guys doing? Uh, hanging in there. Staying cool. Trying to. I know, man. Yeah. It's pretty impressive out. It is. Oh, that's good. Uh, well, thanks for coming over and doing this podcast with us. That's great. You can make the time. Um, what is this? Okay, tell people again, probably because I'm going to come on when we you were just making this. What is? What did you just make for us? What so did you do? So I poured you some soju, um, which is a 
Korean beverage. Um, it is um, distilled um, spirit from grains, and it is only twenty percent alcohol. So it's you can sit down and drink a bottle and shoot it and not mm-hmm. get completely hammered. Although that's the tendency because you just it's easy drinking, so you order like four bottles gotcha. and then all of a sudden you're hammered. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we uh, cut the top off a of lemon and smashed up some pulp and uh, poured it in there for you just to like, because it kind of just tastes like watered down vodka by itself. Right. Um, somebody called it baby vodka once. Hmm. And I was like, that's kind of <laughs> what it is. Um, but I feel like soju, I brought it because we call it happy water. Um, because again, it is easy drinking and, um, it's, it's a, it's a beverage, it's a cheap beverage to have fun with at the restaurant. And that's definitely something that we try to push with the employees and with customers as well as like, come have fun, like just chill out and have some fun in the restaurant. Don't be afraid to use your hands. You don't have to use chopsticks, you know, just, (laughs) just have fun and be comfortable and I feel like soju kind of does that for me. Yeah, we've had soju before. We actually had some over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, did someone else bring us some, or did we just buy that? I can't remember. Um, Jessica brought us some. Oh, that's right, yeah. Last yeah. week or two weeks ago. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. That makes we sense. Also, we also had it at a Korean barbecue at, yeah. I think it was Seoul Garden. Yeah, Seoul yeah. Garden. Also, mm-hmm. uh, we've been to Wudong. Yeah. So our friend Naomi Ha, she uh, is, not, I guess you consider her a foodie. Yeah. She definitely, she definitely likes to eat, in case you... She introduces us to new stuff. Yeah. 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 There's also the, the Japanese version, which we have, as well as uh, Shochu, so it's S H O. Okay. Ju, um, okay. and we have one that's made with sweet potatoes. I think. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Why have to be with the mint simple I made? Mm. Hmm. Probably. Try that later. Mm. For sure. Yeah. Try it later. Yeah. Good deal. Um, Chris, who are you? <laughs> I have <laughs> no idea anymore. I <laughs> um, I'm a cook, restaurant owner. Um, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. Uh, I have a tendency. I think. Um, to worry. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's just a form of intelligence. Is it? It's called sen- it's called sentinel intelligence. You're is looking it? at the things that harm you and those you care about. Right. Yeah, I definitely. Um, but I'm, I'm like learning how to kind of try to balance it out with the restaurant mm-hmm. instead of like because when we open, there's a constant state of worrying mm-hmm. about anything and everything. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So learning how to in in I think developing trust with people kind of helps with that too. Um, who am I? I don't know. That's about it. I'm pretty pretty easygoing overall. Uh, I like to fly under the radar mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, press is great and stuff at the restaurant, but I kind of cringe a little bit every time mm-hmm. like some of it comes about. I like to be in the kitchen. You know, I don't get out in the dining room too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, pretty chill dude. Nice. Cool. So the restaurant in question that you were just talking about is. This stuff? Yes. Mr. Ramen. Mm-hmm. Is this the first restaurant you've owned? Yes. yes. This is the first one I've owned, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How different is that? It's it's very different. Um, I definitely, like, as running a, a, re- a kitchen as a chef for someone else, I mean, you, I, you have to care, you know what I mean? And, like, you have, feel a sense of ownership. Um, but, you know, it, it is completely different, um, especially having, you know, Jeremy and Casey and Jeremy and Casey are my partners um, and our GM Aaron like we were so involved with you know the building of the place and just so having like spent so much time there and building it and you know it means so much more Mm -hmm. Um, 
but it's different on so many levels mm. you know again like worrying constantly um <laughs> a deep deep sense of pride you know having i sit in the place sometimes and i just beam with pride because it's mine you know mm-hmm. and i'm really happy with the way it turned out mm-hmm. and the staff you know like we have such a great staff mm-hmm. i just feel super thankful for having them how long was the um conception of this place um it was it was pretty it wasn't that long i mean when i left blood and sand like i briefly thought about opening like around the place just because there really mm-hmm. wasn't one in st louis mm-hmm. and but i kind of like forgot about it and like was trying to open like whatever the quote-unquote restaurant of your dreams kind of thing whatever that means and um that just kind of wasn't ever going to work and then um i got with jeremy casey and they were found this space on cherokee and was like this we were thinking about doing ramen i'm like cool sign me up let's do it Hmm. and um from then from that point into opening it was about a year and a half Hmm. so we really kind of you know conceptualized it for over six months and then um broke you know signed a lease and then kind of broke ground in december of i don't even remember what year when did we open um we opened <laughs> memorial year. day 2016 yeah. mm. we broke ground i think in november mm. and uh so it was about a year and a half mm-hmm. what was the uh, space like before you even started like what was it before it was it was kind of trashed um <laughs> It was a place called La Bebe's, hmm. and the basement was, like, unfinished. Um, they had some dry storage down there. He had, so the entrance to the basement, there was, the bathroom was in front of that entrance, hmm. which was very odd. Hmm. And then he had, like, a little bit of plumbing upstairs, hmm. and I think he had a convection oven, maybe. Hmm. It was very not professional. Hmm. And, um... He actually sabotaged, the tenant sabotaged the grease trap and ripped mm. all the copper pipes out of the walls before he left. Mm. Jeez. On top of not paying rent for, I think, eight months wow, before wow. the landlord finally kicked him out. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was just a full gut. And we uh, started with a shell and then uh, kind of built it. Mm. Wow. I mean, like, uh, so you say the basement's finished now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we cool. um, so we have... A walking cooler in the basement, a prep kitchen, mm. our kettles are downstairs where we make the ramen broth. Mm. We have dish, office, ice machine, employee bathroom. Oh. I'll show you guys next time you're there. Like, <laughs> it was definitely putting together a puzzle because, I mean, it's the same square footage downstairs as it is upstairs. Really? Wow. So it's tiny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was the biggest challenge, really, was working with the architect and trying to make everything fit. Sure, yeah. It was like, we would just, it didn't seem like it was going to work. But we just kind of kept going and kept going and finally, finally figured it out. Cool. I mean, we had to cut the joist and the ceiling in the basement to fit the walk-in. So we had mm. to get an engineer to mm. do drawings so the mm. building wouldn't fall down when we did that. And, yeah. Yeah. Did, did like build the walk-in down there or is it somebody you actually could fit it down in there? So there was these, like in the front of the building, you know where there's, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but there it's tile in the restaurant and then like, with the seating against the windows, there's wood, uh-huh. wood flooring. There's like this weird raised kind of area there that we got rid of. And when we tore that up, there was room there to slide the oh, panels wow. so the walk wow. in. Wow. Huh. <laughs> so, geez. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> the whole build out, we were just moving all the walk in around because it was in the way. It's so like, oh, we gotta do some here. So we'll put the walk in there and then we'll move it there. 
But yeah, well, it, uh, it fit. It's funny that we were, we were recently in New York City, and I remember how small some places were, but every place had like some stairway going down to where actually all the magic happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and like uh, some your style, your place kind of reminds me a little bit of like a place like New York City. Yeah, that's we've gotten uh, uh, some people have said that, and mm-hmm. you know that's it's a cool feeling. I, mm-hmm. I I've been to a lot of places in New York, a lot of. Um, I lived in London for a little while and there was a lot of places that were smaller that had basement kitchens mm-hmm. um, but yeah definitely I like the fact that it has kind of like a big city vibe what do you think you were going to be when you were a child or what do you want to be when you were a kid I don't know man I was pretty I was funny I was into really into school like what age are we talking about here like, uh, whatever you know, I was really like school. I was into Fucking around and playing. I've played soccer for many years in my youth. Um, I didn't really think about it growing up, man, yeah. honestly. Um, and when I did, like, it was kind of like I had no fucking clue. Yeah. Um, and that was probably, like, junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I kind of was into cooking, you know, and decided to pursue that. Yeah. It wasn't, I never really thought about being a chef. It's just kind of like, all right, well, let's give this a shot yeah. and see how it works. Um, and then it was, and when I was in school and then also working in London, like that, I was like, yeah, I do actually really mm-hmm. enjoy this. Um, and it's, I like challenges and there's never ending amount of challenges with cooking and, you know, operating a kitchen. So it's fun to be mm-hmm. tested. Yeah. Was your first job at a restaurant or food shop or something? Yeah. Yeah. My first job was dishwashing at mm. uh, Fuddruckers. Oh, wow. Heck. Yeah. Over in, uh, where is it? That's a Paris theater. Ballin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess is that Manchester or, uh-huh. or to Paris? Yeah, mm. like Mo- Manchester 278. I don't even know if it's still there. Um, it, was, mm. uh, it was pretty foul. <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> we smoked cigarettes in the, in the dish area. Mm. Um, the manager didn't seem to mind. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then after that, I worked at a place called Shermie's Deli mm-hmm. as a dishwasher, mm-hmm. which was in Chesterfield. Um, and then uh, Frick's Bar and Grill was in mm. Baldwin mm-hmm. and has, has since closed, but that's where I washed dishes again, but that's where I first started cooking. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Doing bar and grill stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool. And wh- how'd you get the start onto cooking then? I just didn't want to wash dishes anymore. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, and like I don't know. It's like the cool dudes like in the restaurant were were cooking, and mm. I was just I, I look back on washing dishes and I appreciate like you know what it, I mean it taught me a lot <laughs> about it's a shitty job and it's hard, mm-hmm. and um, but I was just like didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. It's like I don't cook now. The yeah. cool dudes. <laughs> So did you get some sort of degree or go to school? For yeah, cooking? I went yeah. to, so I went to school in, um, in London, England, um, oh, wow. at a, they have a vocational school called Westminster Kingsway College mm-hmm. and they had a culinary program and I did, uh, two years there and then I lived and worked, um, there and went to school for a total of three years. So mm. I stayed wow. and worked for another year after school. How did you get to London or decide to go to school there? So I um, was uh, seeing a girl at the time, and she mm. was uh, had dual citizenship, mm. and she decided to go to school there. And you know, I was young. I was like, "All right, I'll come over and see you, and won't buy, won't come back, you know, and try to stay." And 
that didn't work out. So the easiest way for me to stay was to like mm. go to school too. So yeah. that's when I kind of was just like, oh, culinary school, let's give it a shot. Yeah. And um, it was fairly easy to get into because international students have to pay um, um, at schools there. And if they needed the money, I'm sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it was over a girl, basically. <laughs> As you do. Most most good stories are. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. I've heard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then after you graduated, you, you worked in London for a little bit? Mm-hmm. Okay. What places did you work there? So, I wanted to work at, obviously, all the great places. And, and London's a very expensive town. And, mm-hmm. you know, I followed, you know, tight, I followed money more than I did, you know, work experience just because I had to pay, pay bills. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I wasn't... Nobody was paying my rent for me, so mm. I worked at um, I worked with a chef who worked with uh, Michael Lambie, who was a famous chef in Melbourne, Australia. His name was Steve Ingefield, and we worked. Mm. I worked at a small place um, in Swiss Cottage mm-hmm. called Bradley's, real awesome neighborhood place. And then he opened a place uh, up in I don't even remember. But it was called Gallery. It was this huge restaurant. It had mm. a pub, a club, and then like a fine dining place. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did some stages. Um, I did stages at um, what is it? The uh, it's escaping me now. Mm. Michelle Rue's place. Mm. Um, I can't remember now. I'd have to Google it. It's okay. Um, we'll find out later. Yeah. Okay. And. Um, I actually worked with uh, an American guy um, in uh, Mayfair. It was a mm-hmm. place called Automat. It was like mm-hmm. a brasserie style place. Mm-hmm. Um, Le Gavroche was mm-hmm. Michel Rue's place. Mm-hmm. Very famous restaurant. Mm-hmm. They were all mean in there. And I just did not. <laughs> I staged for a week. And I was mm-hmm. like, y'all are just the saddest, meanest <laughs> kitchen people I've ever met in my uh, life. It was like, and that was kind of like the the norm, really, in in kitchens. Was like mm. you just got treated like shit, mm. which is yeah. just stupid. Like, yeah, I agree. I agree. It doesn't in the long term work, you know, because not every everyone's different. Some people don't aren't receptive to that kind of treatment. Like mm-hmm. I can yeah. handle it; it was fine. But yeah. other people just break down and they can't. Who are talented? Sure. Yeah. yeah. And could have used some positive reinforcement, but mm. um, yeah, the garage didn't last long. Yeah. Mm. And then, so did you live anywhere else in Europe or then come back to the U.S.? No, just in London. Okay. Mm, yeah. And came back to St. Louis? Mm-hmm. Or, okay. Yeah. Was it just because it's too expensive to live there? It was, I was trying to stay, mm-hmm. so I was um, trying to get sponsored by the place I was working at mm-hmm. for a mm-hmm. work permit. Mm-hmm. So through that, through while that's getting processed, you have to be in your country of residence. So I had to come back to the mm-hmm. States while that stuff was being processed. And it just never worked out. So I just stayed mm-hmm. and uh, started working in St. Louis. What, what, did you uh, stop dating the girl on tickets? Or were you guys ever dating? Yeah, anymore? she was smart. She got out of it. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was, I was probably a motherfucker. Like I was, mm. I was working. I mean, I was going to school. I was getting up at like four in the morning to go to school, mm. and then working after school and getting home at midnight. Yeah, and then on days off, just sleeping and not yeah. doing anything. So. Mm-hmm was no kind of relationship for her sure um so yeah mm. i still know her she's got kids now huh? she's great mm. i mean we don't talk on a regular basis but i mean <laughs> there's no hard feelings you know 
That's good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Did you get rass for being a yank at all? Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. And this, I mean, this was uh, George Bush was president. So oh yeah, he was an idiot. Yeah, um, yeah. So they thought, you know, that was a, a yokel like him. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But they 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 warmed up to me though after a while. But you got to give it back to them. Man. I mean, the British they say dumb shit too. You know, oh, yeah. and do dumb shit. Oh. Yeah. Um. Like they, they like I couldn't get over like just the little things like they put so going in through the cafeteria at school getting a turkey sandwich the guy's like would you like butter on that and I'm like I don't know what that is he's <laughs> like butter and I'm like I don't want butter on my turkey sandwich I want mayonnaise man <laughs> get out of here with your butt uh. <laughs> yeah. so yeah you just gotta give it back to him a little bit but yeah I definitely got razzed by mm all the chef instructors mm-hmm. and, and the students as well mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it was fun yeah are there any things that you learned or just observed in london that are just really different about how things run over there um or even minute things well london is an interesting city because it's so there's a lot of people in it um it's and like especially the public transportation that was like mm-hmm. the one thing that blew me away it was very daunting at first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But once you got the hang of it, it was, like, amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, it would give anything to... If St. Louis was a little bit bigger and we had, mm-hmm. like, public transportation like they have. Um, London's a very... It's a hard city because there's a lot working against you, again, because it's so expensive and competitive. Um, and But there's... Um, I feel like Londoners are very resilient. Mm-hmm. I was there um, in the... What was it? 2003 with the the bombings there's one mm. on this tube and two on the two buses yeah. it was just like next day it was business as normal man mm. like not because people were like who cares about people getting blown up or anything <laughs> but yeah london just kind of makes you a little hard mm. yeah well they survived the bombing from germany for so long the prize ingrained mm. in the culture now yeah yeah keep like, going carry on yeah exactly for sure mm. um yeah it definitely took that away from the city i think um I wish I miss. There's a lot of things I miss about London, um, like Indian food. Mm. Oh my God. Um, yeah. There's some good Indian food here, but it's just not on the level that I was there. Mm. Um, late night dining, you know, getting out of work at midnight, still having like so many options, like mm. like really good sushi, you know, like after midnight was mm-hmm. definitely miss that. Yeah. Um, and so multicultural, you know, it was just so cool. You meet everyone from everywhere. I mean, there's mm-hmm. literally everyone from everywhere in the world mm-hmm. lives there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I definitely took a lot away from that city. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Should I go random questions? Sure. Sure, why not? Let's do it. When you think of the word successful, who comes to mind for you? That's a tough question. Cause there's, I just feel like there's so many varying levels. I mean... Can we get more specific? Uh, I mean, you can say a couple, like mm-hmm. people you know, people you don't know, in, well, in your industry, okay. whatever. For, for what I kind of see in, like, I see my dad as a very successful person. Mm-hmm. He's, he was very, very frugal, you know, when we were growing up. Um, didn't buy himself fancy cars. Um, played his cards right, you know, and... And uh, make sure that we were taken care of. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and and now he's, like, 
grown a beard after like shaving his entire life. He's got an RV now. Hmm. They just bought a little house in Phoenix. Um, I guess, I mean, I look at my dad as successful because he's like, he worked so hard for the kids, you know, mm. and, um, is finally now like reaping the rewards mm. for, you know, all his hard work yeah. and like totally like getting immersed in it. I mean, they, they're on the road, like eight months out of the year now. Mm. Him and my mom, Just they're, driving around the U S yeah. Mm. Cool. I mean, they're both retired. Mm. They're definitely into the, into the RV culture, mm. subculture, mm. I guess mm. I usually call it. Um, now. Um, you know, restaurant wise, there's so many successful chefs. I mean, if you're going to look in St. Louis, the obvious one is Gerard Kraft, um, just based on, you know, the amount of restaurants he has and, Hmm. you know, which is impressive. And Gerard has done a lot for the city for sure. As far as putting food, putting it on the map for food. Hmm. I mean, he opened the door for a lot of us, you know, I don't know if I would have felt completely comfortable, you know opening a restaurant in St. Louis if Gerard had never started. Good, I like it. Um, if you don't mind saying, what sort of industry did your dad work in? Um, my dad um, was in accounting okay. for a very long time with mm-hmm. uh, Monsanto mm-hmm. and then um, worked with um, a couple of, I guess, sister companies of Monsanto mm-hmm. and was like in human resources gotcha. for a long time. So pretty much like the same career 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So rare these days. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Um, do you have any special food or drink or cooking memories from growing up? Uh yeah. So my mom is um both my parents are um from New Orleans. Hmm. Um my dad isn't born there but lived there most of his young adult life hmm. and um so growing up and going on trips to New Orleans for crawfish boils and then my mom making gumbo mm. and uh, red beans and rice at home. Um, yeah, those are the fondest ones. But, you know, going down south to New Orleans and eating with the family. Mm-hmm. It was always a big function. There was a restaurant called Dini's. Pretty sure it's still open. It's just like they have these fried fish platters. Mm. I mean, it's got plush puppies, fried oysters, mm. fried shrimp, everything's fried. Mm-hmm. Except I think they have stuffed crab, stuffed crab shells on there too. Um, yeah, anything like that was like Southern or Cajun, like kind of definitely fondest memories of food when I was a kid. Cool. And just like, you know, mom's meatloaf. <laughs> or the kind of dry pork chops with, yeah. but you wet them with some applesauce and sure, yeah. it is new. I was about ketchup once, kid, but ketchup on the pork chops. Yeah, I was definitely... And some lemon juice. Ketchup is... Man, I still love ketchup. I, do, I try not to eat it as much, but... God, I love it. Yeah? It's so I'm good. Boat, yeah. Do you like provolone? Provolone or provel? Oh, yes. Provel, yeah. Oh. Provel. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Not really. <laughs> uh, I mean, I love... So, here's... I love American cheese, though. Mm-hmm. But like craft American singles. Yeah, I guess I don't like Provel because of the association with the pizza. Sure, sure. I I mean I would take mozzarella over Provel any day mm. on my pizza. Mm. Um, I'm not totally against it, but it's just not for me. Sure. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, kind of like it, but I wouldn't sit there and just eat it. You know, right. Most cheese, I would mm. I would eat by itself, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't just sit there and eat that by itself. Like yeah. a mouthful, but it was just kind of. 
Oh, I ate, a, I ate a slice of American cheese by itself today. Yeah? yeah mm. I was hungry. Mm. It's just sitting there. We do burgers at brunch, so just mm. popcorn in real fast. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Oh, do you have a, any hobbies or interests that no one would ever suspect about you? Hmm. Um, so, I like jogging. It definitely, um, opening Vista kind of put a damper in it. Mm. And I'm kind of just recently started getting back into fitness. Mm. Um, but I definitely like running by myself it is it's meditative um it's a challenge again it's challenging you know what i mean um but i definitely am one of those people that like i i cook for a living and i run a restaurant and that's kind of like i delve into that and like i don't have any other hobbies on top of it i like <laughs> I like riding my bike i like running i like spending time with my girlfriend but um yeah my hobby is cooking mm. and and running a restaurant for sure. Do you cook a lot when you are not at work? You know, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, if I well, I do, but it's like I will cook, you know, a big batch of something mm-hmm. like on Sunday evenings. Mm-hmm. So I have like, I can just take it to work the mm-hmm. entire week. Because mm-hmm. I always, part, I want to. I was. I've been trying to get healthy again, mm-hmm. and um it's easy to be at work and just shove a cookie in your mouth or a Hawaiian roll, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's some French fries over there. So mm. if I like make a big pot of something and like it's one of my meals for the day and mm-hmm. I take it with me, it just makes all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Like you, if you want to be healthy as a cook, I think you have to meal plan like, mm. or else you'll just do that. It's mm-hmm. like too yeah. easy and you're always busy and it's too easy to just whatever's around, just eat. If you could pick what TV game show would you be want to be a contestant on? Oh man, what are there? What are the TV? Uh, what are the game shows uh, these days? Oh, I mean any era. Um, I don't know what's on these days. I think it'd be fun to be on Family Feud. Mm. Yeah, with my family. Mm. Um, just to really see, like my dad's pretty witty. Just to see some of his answers. Mm. Mm. I feel like it's you can't help it. You end up making a fool of yourself on that show. Because you're getting asked these random questions. Mm-hmm. I was someone showed me this. There was a uh, a blooper reel with I guess Steve Harvey hosted now, mm-hmm. and it was pretty fun. Yeah. And my favorite bit was as the guy answered turkey for all the all the questions or something like that. <laughs> like some, something you take to the beach, turkey. Yeah, you know, something you buy at a grocery store, uh, turkey. Yeah. You know something. I saw that one. Yeah, it's like something you. I can't remember something. There's <laughs> something you Something you might dress up. Turkey. turkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's all he had. Yeah, and one we got points. The one like, we might get a grocery store turkey. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Good. I like it. Um. All right. I got. Oh, hey. Is that what you think? <laughs> yes. He he feels like how we all wish we could be. Um. Do you have? I'm gonna ask you about food and drink around town. Do you have any sure. like? dishes or meals or drinks you've had around town people you think people should know about yes or beers or whatever yeah recently i've i've had many but i was just recently um i've had uh i went to confluence kombucha william is doing like especially if you're like kind of nerdy about food mm. he's doing lots of cool fermentations mm. um god i can't remember it but um it's a japanese way of preserving and pickling vegetables mm. It almost looks like clay. It's in a pot, and you bury them. And, huh. um, and he did this. Uh, his name's William Pauly, by the way. Mm. And he did um, an avocado kimchi. 
Whoa. Which I was like, what the hell is... I was <laughs> like, I don't know about this, because huh. it's a fat. And it's yeah. like, what is going to happen? And hmm. um, it was definitely funky. And I, you know, <laughs> if you're not into, like, funky fermented foods, and sure. it's not for you. But it was, yeah. like, effervescent. Like, wow. you've been into it, and it was, like, fizzy. Hmm. Wow. It was cool. And then... um. It was a lot of that, and then he offers flights of his kombuchas. Mm-hmm. has really interesting flavors, like jackfruit saffron mm. was one of them. Mm-hmm. Blackberry sage. Um, he did a, a chaga chicory, mm. which was had like a, a coffee vibe almost to it, but mm-hmm. wasn't. Um, so, yeah, I've been telling everybody, like, and he kind of, he's the same way. He flies under the radar. Yeah. Mm. Maybe almost too much. Yeah. But uh, mm. go there if you're, okay. like, nerdy about mm. food. And fermentations. Yeah, um, I've heard about that place. It's been open. Has it been open a little over a year? Year and not a half? quite a year. No, okay, not mm. quite a year. Right. Um, I think he's getting close. Okay. I think maybe in the fall. Right. I could be wrong, but um, I know that he's also. I think he's selling at Soulard now okay. on the weekends. Mm. Um, his kombucha. Yeah. Mm. Um, one place I just never can say enough good things about is uh, Fork and Sticks. Mm. Oh yeah. Patch is just yep. the sweetest person, and mm-hmm. I stand behind that food, man. It's that it cowboy so soup is so good. It's like it healing is. Elixir. Oh God, I know. Yeah, it is. It's definitely the hangover cure for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and is. all the um, all the small plates like the uh, like some cow tod, which is the it's crispy rice with mm. like sour. I think it called sour ham. Mm. Um, and then the papaya salad, which is all the small plates are equally as amazing. Mm-hmm. Um. I really, really like what uh, my granddaughter's doing at uh, Publico, mm. and um, I think that place is amazing. Yep. Mm. Um, yeah, just overall, the booze in St. Louis is yep. great. It's very strong. Yeah, That's cool. Is. And so is William doing better now? Yeah. Okay. He was doing, like, yoga three weeks after the accident. Okay. Huh. I mean, he had, like, he's had, he has, like, titanium plates and, like, connects, because like, some of his ribs were broken so badly. Jeez. He's just a, um, he's just a, a healthy dude, man. Mm. Very resilient. Yeah, I know. I, I used to be in a couple of yoga classes with him, and mm-hmm. yes, he, he very much embodies that culture, that idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, William, he's, you should have him on. He's got a, an amazing story. I mean, kombucha kind of okay. changed his life. Yeah. You know, he was... Interesting. Yeah, he was not in a good way, and, mm. and then he just, uh, kombucha's done so much for him, you know, it's, yeah. it's his business now, yeah. which is mm. so cool, but he has a very deep connection with it. You know, hmm. outside of it being uh, his uh, business. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, I'm sorry. I think I interrupted you. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't know, even know what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I love uh, the getting Peking duck at Royal Chinese Barbecue. is always mm. a treat. They serve it with the steam buns. Mm. Um, Asian Kitchen is a fun one, mm-hmm. um, and. I really we Mission Taco is not far from our house mm. and it's easy. They're sure, yeah. open late. Yeah, you know yeah. it's it's no frills. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Cheap tacos. Yeah, yeah dangerous. Yeah. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Um, the chorizo torta there is out of this world, man. Mm. I love that mm. thing. And um, yeah, could go on. There's so yeah. many. So many <laughs> yeah, places. it is. Yeah, that's a good problem. The mud house is obviously near and dear to my heart. Yeah. It's yeah. also you know it's in I live down the street from it mm-hmm. um so you'll see me there a lot um it's just mud house is transcended like a cafe it is definitely like if you live in the neighborhood like it is a spot to go hang out yeah. with your neighbors and mm-hmm. like shoot the shit and 
It's a cool spot. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, we see lots of dogs there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I was going to ask, so have you worked any other places other than Vista and Blood and Sand? Yeah. Yeah. So I worked at, when I moved back to St. Louis, I worked at uh, Wildflower. Oh, okay. Oh, Central okay. West End, mm-hmm. I think for about a year. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Clayton and worked at, um, what was it, Mike Johnson's restaurant, Roxanne. Right, right. That, which, which was, was Cafe Mira before, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. changed. Um, now it's Avenue now. But, uh, but it's probably, is it the same yeah. owner at all, or is it? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. either, but yeah. I, a couple bought it from him while I was still there, mm, gotcha. and um, I think they sold it. I'm not sure. Okay. Gotcha. Um, what did I do after that? I actually went to Red Moon, which was yeah, where Blood and Sand was. Yes. Yeah. Um, for like two months, the mm. the chef he was a weirdo, and mm. his mom his mom was the like GM. It was just not a good scene. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, I actually went to that before it closed down. Way back in like early two thousands. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. It, it, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. It was, but it was like literally like um, Ming Sai. What is Ming Sai's play, uh, place? Um, it was literally Ming Sai's cookbook verbatim. Really? Like, yes. Wow. Like huh. ha- almost all the menu was like dishes wow. from that book. Wow. Okay. Um, I that. The uh, yeah, the chef sent me home on a on a Friday night. Because he was so he had a sandwich that was sitting in my region on my station. It was like for four days, and just like whose sandwich is this? And he never worked. And um, whose sandwich is this? Whose sandwich is this? And then on Friday, I finally like gave it to the dishwasher. Mm. Like you want this? And he's like, did it? And that was the day he came in looking for a sandwich. <laughs> and I and you know it was like four o'clock, and he hadn't he hadn't been in all day, and. I think I was typing up specials on the menu, on the computer or something like that. And he came in the office. He's like, where's my sandwich? I was like, I gave it to Julio. What do you, it was in my station for like four days. I just didn't know where it was. And he was like, go home. He was like, take the night off. Think, like, think about what you just did. I was like, I was like, if you send me home, dude, I'm not coming back. You worried about a four day sandwich? Yeah. It's like, I'm not coming back if you send me home, man. He's like, you need to go home and think about this. I'm like, Death by sandwich. I don't, need to think, yeah. I don't need to think about it, dude. This is this isn't gonna work. Oh, this is not how you're gonna be. Yeah. So wow. that didn't that didn't last long. Yeah. Uh, and after that, what did I do after that? Hmm. Wow, I don't even remember. I got sidetracked by that. I went to <laughs> Mudhouse with the Millers, hmm. and then Blood and Sand, and then oh, cool. Huh. Very cool. Cool. Yeah. So then thinking about, all right, I, I guess I'll go back to restaurants and the scene, that sort of thing. Do you have any things uh, going on in St. Louis, like restaurants or people that you're really excited about, you think we should watch? William Polly, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there is uh, Earthbound Brewery. Mm-hmm. Is building that um, building that giant space out on Cherokee Street? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's the tallest building on that side of the street. Mm-hmm. Um, they do really interesting stuff. I mean, most comparable would be like Scratch Brewery, where they mm-hmm. kind of like do forage stuff and more culinary stuff incorporated into the beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm curious to see um, what Mike does next, mm-hmm. Randolph. If he does anything, I mean, I don't know if he needs more restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
Kevin Nashin, um, mm. you know, he's got that monkey on his back. With he won his his beard award, so yeah. I'd be curious to see if he does anything else in St. Louis. Yeah, mm. be cool. Good. Then, um, I guess, is there anything else you want to talk about that we didn't ask? Um. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we can talk about um something Stuff that I wanted to. On. Yeah, I okay. wanted to kind of delve into. Um, you know, addiction mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the industry, which is, I was reading, um, I'm sure a lot of people have, uh, reading up on Sean Brock. I just mm-hmm. um, had went to rehab and sold his entire whiskey collection, which is apparently, like, very impressive. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the guy mm-hmm. with, you know, 80-year-old Pappy in his back pocket, mm-hmm. apparently. Um, and I just recently, um, I haven't drank in just over three weeks, Mm. Um, just cause I had to make sure that I couldn't because sure. it was, it was getting a little out of control. I mean, it's definitely, you know, physically the job's demanding and alcohol fixes a lot of things. Sure. It also, but it's a depressive, so it also causes a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of needed to make sure that I could not drink for a little while. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's something that gets talked about but I don't think it's talked about enough mm-hmm. and you know it happens really fast mm-hmm. um, when I was at uh, Blood and Sand I had a, uh, a very severe addiction to cocaine mm-hmm. wow. um, you know I spent every dime I had on it and um, definitely lost a relationship because of it um, but I was a functioning addict like mm-hmm. I was able to work I was able to create menus but everything else was suffering yeah. sure um, so um, it's definitely something that I think that needs to be brought up more often, especially with young cooks, you know, and just be completely honest with them, you know, and I don't run around and say, Hey, I was a cocaine addict, but mm. I'm pretty open about it with, with people and especially people that I'm kind of worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I can't, I've been down the road, so I can't preach too much, but I definitely, you know, if a cook is partying too hard, I'm just like, Hey, you got to reel it in a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, it can get out of hand on you really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, I mean, it, that happens in a lot of fields, you know what I mean? Sure. It's not just cooking, but mm-hmm. I think it is far more, it runs far more rampant in cooking, for mm-hmm. sure. So, uh, I don't know, we can make this our little PSA, maybe a little, if sure. someone wants to, you know, stop it or get it in check, are there any people or resources that you suggest they reach out to? I mean, there's, you know, I, Mike... Randolph was pretty open about um, what what happened with him, and mm-hmm. he's doing great now. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that any chef, you know, that has experience and and weight in this business, has had some kind of issue. You know, I don't know if Gerard has, but I'm, he maybe he has. Mm-hmm. So I would just say, if, you know, if you want to reach out to any restaurant owner or chef, like I'd be willing to talk to anybody. Um, if you want to talk about it, I'm sure they will because. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of, it's a not a secret, I don't mm-hmm. think, but um, it's definitely something that uh, runs rampant and uh, has been the downfall of a lot of people, you yeah. know, and I definitely, I've, I, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I'm an alcoholic, but, you know, I had to check myself recently and just make sure that I wasn't, because it's hard to tell sometimes. Mm-hmm. And having a place with a full bar you know where yeah. I can just sit by myself after work and have a mm-hmm. couple of drinks and not think about it you know 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a thing. So, I think that should be taught more in like school. You know, especially mm-hmm. with young people, like mm-hmm. have chefs come in and talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just be like, this is reality. Like, let's not sugarcoat it. Like, yeah. it's easy to get cocaine from your bartender because he probably sells it. Not my bartender. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I completely agree with all of that because we know a lot of people and, oh, yeah. you know, they party. They're oh, partiers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. One of our, one past guest said, you know, sort of jokingly, but I guess it's not really funny. Pretty much everyone is either an alcoholic or a pothead. Mm-hmm. Or something else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So. And, and the restaurant business, yeah. I mean, that's fairly accurate. I mm-hmm. mean, not completely. There's definitely people who are completely sober. Right. Um, but, you know, I would much rather have a pothead than an alcoholic for mm-hmm. sure. But, no, it, it's it's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah, it can spiral out of control really quickly. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Because you're constantly, you're, I mean talking earlier you know like me worrying all the time you know it's a quick fix you know or or like you know if you have a really shitty night it's a quick you can do a couple shots and you're Mm -hmm. you're you're in a different mood you're you're happy and yeah and and you know the wind down you know is a big thing you know we had a really busy weekend this weekend thanks st louis by the way (laughs) um and um i really you know i wanted to sit down have a beer you know and just kind of like start relaxing because it's hard to relax because you're just kind of like work 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 i definitely was not feeling well physically when i I was out in california about a month ago Mm. and uh, of course we you know we ate a lot drank more wine than anyone should Mm. and uh definitely wasn't feeling good and also feeling aware like we had just celebrated our one year anniversary and just kind of like feeling run down man it's just like i don't want to feel like this anymore Mm -hmm. yeah to like cut back and like start getting healthy again mm-hmm. and um it's definitely i was i was in great shape right when we, before we opened mm-hmm. like great shape mm-hmm. and um restaurants will destroy you they're like <laughs> people are like i was at you know i've lost a little bit of weight but i was at one point the heaviest i've ever been in my life mm-hmm. and people are like don't you lose weight when you open a restaurant I'm like no I, not any chef that i've known <laughs> i mean it's weird. It's you think you would because you feel like you're eating less, but um, I think mm-hmm. stress compounds it. People yeah. handle stress in sort of different ways. I think some people gain a little weight from stress. Yeah. And the booze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Booze packs on the weight. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually a little bit before I met Christine. Actually, maybe about a year before I met you that time, actually. Uh, got rid of all the alcohol in my house. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely lost a lot of weight. Yeah. I thought at first I had cancer. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, uh, it was just. Not ingesting all the, those extra calories, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. All hey. right. I think I just got, like, two questions left for you, sure. Chris. Um, tell folks, if they want to find you in person and online, where can they do that? So, we have, um, we're on all the social media. Mm-hmm. Um, our website is uh, vistaramen.com. Um it's an open kitchen. You can come to the restaurant and say hi in mm-hmm. person if you want. Um, and yeah, we're on uh, Facebook as Vista Ramen, Instagram as Vista Ramen, and uh, Twitter mm-hmm. on Vista Ramen. So we're on Cherokee Street. Yes, so 20, 2609 Cherokee Street, um, near the corner of Jefferson Cherokee. We're located right behind Foam and across the street from Hop Shop. Mm-hmm. That's another cool place, in case mm-hmm. y'all didn't know. Yeah. Um, um, Justin and Ryan are brothers who own that place, and mm. 
they got some really nerdy beers in there, <laughs> like <laughs> super nerdy. Mm. Um, and um, we're actually going to be doing a uh, a brunch with them for Craft Beer Week cool. at yes. the end of this month, yes. which we will be putting out uh, details at a menu this week about. Cool, very good. And then, so I guess last question for you is: Do you have any asks or requests for the folks listening to us? Anything at all? Ooh, so many. The dining tell public. Them all. Tell oh them all. Oh my god, fine. I can't. I'll get in trouble if I tell them all. <laughs> um, no, I mean, uh, just you know, I think that especially in the past year, I mean, the the support from St. Louis and restaurants has been huge, and um, I would just ask that you know, keep being adventurous and try new things. You know, the dining public. We're only as good as you know the dining public you know drives us and allows us to be mm. obviously a lot of it's on our end you know what i mean we can't just sell shit but mm. um i think vista is I, I wouldn't say Vista's a you know we're not like crazy out of this out of the box kind of restaurant but it's a little bit some people come in they're a little uncomfortable mm. when they see some of the words on the menu mm. um but they end up trying it and that's a good thing so i just as it you know the dining public just be receptive to new things and try new things and that will only make the city better as far as dining and just in general man i mean being open to things is what progressive cities do you know so yeah keep supporting us please okay good answer i like it uh chris thanks for coming over my pleasure sitting and chatting with us about stuff and yeah it's nice to get to know you better yeah thank awesome you. thank you awesome, hey you guys thanks so much for listening if you haven't already would you consider giving this podcast a rating and review on apple podcasts it would be really helpful to us to help get the word out about what we're doing if you would like to help underwrite our show by becoming a we eat stuff patron visit patreon.com slash we eat stuff to check out all of the packages we're offering and choose the level of giving that's right for you. Your support helps us so much and we'd like to hear from you if there are other rewards you'd like to see. Please join us next week for another interview, but in the meantime, go out there and eat stuff. Bye. Bye.